Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Disheltic Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Yo, do you know why it's a great thing that the podcast demarks the fact that it's Thursday night? Because it's an awesome night? Because it means tomorrow is Friday, and then you don't give a crap for two days. Okay, Mr. Single Man. <laughs> about, that doesn't work. About work. How is that? The 9 to 5. You don't get to worry the about nine the 9 to, to five. 5. Unless, of course, yeah. you work weekends, then you, you know, that kind of... Well, this is true. Sorry, Celius. Okay. I'm raining on your parade, dude. My parade. I'm I'm glad I have a hat on to keep the rain out of my eyes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I, of course, am your host, Charlie. I'm joined once again by the Pacific Conference himself, Zelius. It is good to see you virtually. It means we're alive unless you're a zombie or a deep fake. Ooh. I believe well, I'm both. neither. Those, I'm probably closer to zombie than deep fake. Well, what did the deep fake say they're not a deep fake? Ooh. Okay, now we have a conundrum. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Thursday Hangout. This is a weekly live show where we try our best to cover the topics that are most important to you with you during the show. If you haven't submitted your topic or question, or perhaps you have an opinion uh, that you'd like to share during the show, have no fear. All, all you got to do is drop it in the chat, be it on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. We will add your input, questions, and comments uh, into the show. If we do run out of time uh, for like a topic or a question, we will add it to the very next show. So without further ado, um, I want I for the the first really awesome thing is that um, I have to thank uh, Faint HD for sending the um, the Twitch raid uh, that he sent last week because it finally pushed us over the edge. Ultra Confusion is finally uh, a Twitch affiliate. What? So, okay, explain to me who... The only thing I do on Twitch is literally the show. Mm -hmm. What the hell does that actually mean? Okay, so affiliate means that we can now potentially make money from our stream. Money? Yep. Noise. Is that why I see like a little channel point thing down the channel? Yep. Sweet. And, um, and also Zelius, if you're, I'm assuming that you, anyone who's on Twitch right now, if you were to go into the chat and click on the emojis area, you'll notice that there are ultra confusion, um, uh, emojis. Unfortunately, only one of the two that I submitted made it. So Zelius, congratulations. You, your emoji made it. Wait, I have to pay $4.99 to unlock my emoji. I will set it up. I, I will. I will fix it for you. <laughs> I have to pay to see myself, man. That's I just crazy. put it in the chat. Don't worry. That's funny. Anyway, so Is there's that how it works, huh? So, I mean, I don't really twitch much. So, would the idea be if I pay four ninety nine for that emoji, mm -hmm. does that money then go to Ultra Confusion? Yes. All of it, or does Twitch take like a cut? I believe they take a cut. Of believe me, I had to. I had to. I had to fill out a lot of tax paperwork. <laughs> oh, because, yeah, it's income. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Wow. Huh. So anyways, uh, congratulations to Alter Confusion. A special thanks Woo! to Fane HD, who has been um, an avid, um, I guess, uh, individual that tuned, who 
tunes in to my uh, Legends of Ruterra stream. Uh, he was actually uh, streaming Legends of Ruterra. He was wrapping up and he decided to do a raid party uh, as he ended his stream and sent all of his viewers over to us. So thank you again. So the idea is you get a large viewer who watches a smaller viewer and then they kind of sponsor the smaller viewers. Is that kind of the idea? Basically raids help get the smaller streamers a little bit more, um, you know, uh, spotlight that if, if you're a good, if you're a good streamer and you have a big following, usually at the end of the stream, you send a raid to, uh, to a different stream. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so, and if you've noticed, I've been playing a lot of Legends of Ruterra. Unfortunately, I still haven't gotten into the competitive aspect. I'm doing the uh, the path of champions. I can't copy and paste the emoji. That's lame. <laughs> Sorry, Zeus. But funny. now you know what the emoji is. It's yes, Altering 61 Zelius. So, ta-da! Anyways, all right, so... Uh, with that out of the way, uh, let's get into uh, some of the news that has has gotten um, everybody's attention uh, this week. Um, for those out there who are Netflix subscribers, uh, I think that there's a there. If you're watching our stream, there's a very good chance that you are a fan of the TV show or the series uh, Umbrella Academy. Yep. And they have announced that they are going to do a fourth and final season. I have a love-hate relationship with Umbrella Academy. It's I stopped like, after I, the I, first season, episode eight. Yeah. I think I know which episode you're talking about. Where he blows up the timekeeper's place. Yeah. I just don't know how I feel about the show. Like... Sorry, spoilers, but that that it premiered in 2019, guys. So like, that's it's a show I should really like. Yeah, and there's good things about it. Like, it's beautifully shot. The cinematography is great. The cut, like all these like peripheral things, are really good. Yeah, there's just something about the actual storytelling and some of the storylines that just bore the ever living hell out of me, and I just. I don't know. I just can't do it. There's just something about the show that just doesn't draw me back into it. I Fair. Like can't. I said, I, I put my foot down after that episode eight and never came back. Um, now, I will say, though, I mean, the good thing is, is we've seen how many shows mm -hmm. get just the axe. Yes, no, yes closure so those who are the fans of the series will get the closure i did briefly saw this online mm -hmm. and from what i've heard is they've already done most of i guess the comic book content already the graphic novel so at least they're not gonna pull like a game of thrones you know pull like six seasons of just random drivel um so yeah i you know they get the chance to come back and finish it off so hooray yeah I mean, c congratulations to those Umbrella Academy fans out there. Uh, the showrunner uh, had a quote that said, I'm so excited that the incredibly loyal fans of the Umbrella Academy will be able to experience the fitting end 
to the Hargreaves siblings journey. We began five years ago, but before we get to that conclusion, we've got an amazing story ahead for season four, one that will have fans on edge of on the edge of their seats until the final minutes. So if you're still watching Umbrella, apparently there's a ton of people out there still watching Umbrella Academy. So um, be on the lookout. Uh, I think the, the third season premiered just this summer. So, But did you see that there's more news about the showrunner? No. He is going to be moving on after that to then do, I don't I don't know his actual title, showrunner, executive producer, whatever it is, mm-hmm. the guy in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be then doing Horizon Zero Dawn after that. Interesting. Yeah, so he said so that's basically he'll finish up um, Umbrella Academy. Wow, I kept on keeping <laughs> Warehouse Thirteen. I'm like, it's not Warehouse Thirteen. It's not Warehouse that 13. did not have a good ending. <laughs> it's like montage, and that's the ending you get. Um, yeah, so Umbrella Academy. Actually, a bunch of Warehouse Thirteen people will be at Dragon Con, but anyways. Um, oh, so are you going to Dragon Con? Yes, I am going to Dragon Con. Our friend uh, here at Chiropractic will be taking this Dragon Con off. I don't blame him. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I'm going with my usual. I'm going because my usual friends are going. Gotcha. So I'll be going with them. We'll see how it goes. Um, I know they're. I, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know as far as, you know, we spent in the past a lot of time like in the hotels, congregating, all that stuff where. There was no thought to bodily room and social distancing. So we'll see how it goes. Did you hear um, about the, um, I think it's the Hilton um, uh, pre-selling a bunch of party tickets for uh, like a like a bar party that that ends at like 10 at night? <laughs> Everyone's going, uh, you know, Dragon Con's like an all night thing, right? You, ending at 10 is just weird. That's interesting. I guess because they know the rest of the party start at 10. Maybe. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, kind of seems like they're out of touch. Like, what, Well, one thing is that they'd be able to control how many people are in that area. So it's crowd control so that, you know, no fire marshal yeah. problems. Yeah, it's probably just so they put an end on it. I mean, yeah. yeah. At some point, I guess you got to put it on it, because I mean, there's like concerts and shows that start like at two a.m. sponsored by Dragon Con, like at the venue. So yes, yes. Um. So, uh, on the same, sort of the same topic, uh, about the not the Umbrella Academy, but another series on Netflix, Sandman. Of course, they dropped a a special gift episode. That doesn't continue the story, but just kind of, you know, it's, it was, it was a fun little thing. It, it was two small stories, um, that are in the Sandman, uh, graphic novel. Um, one had to deal with cats, which I'm sure Zelius would be enthralled mm. and probably very scared about. And <laughs> the other one, uh, had to deal with one of the muses, Calliope. Um, so that was, it was pretty dope. Now. The, the interesting thing about the Sandman is I was under the impression because of the, 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 uh, the constant, um, ranking of 
the top show or top viewing thing on Netflix that season two was a done deal. Netflix hasn't promised a season two yet at all. They're still waiting. They're still dragging their feet. And to that, I say, why? Get it done. Like, seriously, this thing is, since it was released, it has, with the exception of, think, like a day and a half, it has been the number one viewed show. And when they drop that 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 bonus episode, of course, lock it in. There's the show, but they're still uh, dragging their feet about it. I, mm. Instead, they're making a whole apparently spy verse around the Gray Man, where you can't actually see the action sequences because there's so much like smoke and mirrors and other random shit. The Gray Man. That's that was an interesting movie. I liked it. Like, so ironically, the gray man, like I found the dialogue and the characters more interesting than most of the action scenes, mainly because, um, Captain America himself, he was awesome. Um, Chris Evans was fantastic. All the actors, actually all the actors, I thought did a good job in what they were supposed to do. My problem was, is yeah, these action scenes, the one like car chase with the bus, what I thought was really done well, but like the rest of the action sequences, it's the Jason Bourne effect where it's like the shaky cam, like maxed out. And then you had that like one scene at the hotel where it was all like literally like the entire fight looked cool, but like all you could see was the smoke. You couldn't actually see what was happening. What? So, it's like, real life, like, damn it. So that was like my dilemma. It's, it's not show. like, it's not like in real life, People, you know, make oh wait wait oh wait 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 I can't throw my I can't throw my uh, you know my haymaker because it's a little cloudy in here. No, I to be honest with you, my favorite scene was the um, the the train scene that was when he was looking uh, at the reflection in the the glass building. That was phenomenal. Yeah, that was awesome. But I don't want to give away too much. I mean, it's a good. I mean, it's a. It's an entertaining, like, Mission Impossible type of... It's like a mashup between, like, Mission Impossible and James Bond. It's kind of how I look at it. With a hint of irreverence. Um, which, that's not a bad thing. I enjoyed it. It's just... I think it's more of a... The action sequence, it's more of a symptom of the overall trend to try to do something new and interesting with sequences but sometimes it's not always for the better i guess is how i'd kind of look at it the my only qualm with it is that you don't get closure well of course the you might yes you definitely do well do in a realistic way in a realistic way i would say you actually do it was actually kind of appropriate yes the american government is corrupt there there's your closure, I guess. I mean, it obviously setting up for sequ- for like a. I mean, that's the whole plan. Is apparently going to make a whole franchise out of this. Hey, all I got to say is Ryan Gosling pulled it off, man. Yes. No, Ryan. He, I thought he did great in it, and Thank I you. also enjoyed, of course. How can you not enjoy in a day, Aramis? Which one? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, well, apparently they're making like like it's gonna be like a do like spinoffs and those type of things. So, be curious to see what happens. Yes. Uh, who knows? 
So keeping it in the uh, the Netflix vein, uh, there was some other Netflix news that broke, uh, and that is that uh, Netflix has finally found their both their director and their screenwriter for the Bioshock film. Now, oh, there's the, a Bioshock film coming out eventually. Yes. Uh, now the the director for uh, that they have tagged is Francis Lawrence who um, one of the big titles he's a part of was he was the director for I Am Legend. Uh, ah, okay. The Which script writer... but whatever. The, the script writer is uh, Michael Green, who um, who was also the script writer for Logan, which was a phenomenal movie. Yes, it was. I, I agree with that. Uh, Blade Runner 2049, which left... Um, uh, it could have been so much better. It, it, it was, it missed the It was mark. okay. It was exactly, it wasn't okay. It wasn't mind blowing. And then American Gods. So random aside, mm-hmm. now that you have like the Netflixification of movies, mm-hmm. I wonder if we'll see another like Jerry Bruckheimer type of situation where like he has like his own production studio where like you see a director name and it's like, Oh, you kind of know what you're getting or like Joel Schumer back in the day with his eighties action flicks. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they, some of those guys kind of like ran, you know, the picture studios back in the day in terms of the content that was coming out. Um, He's a piece of trash, but he obviously had Polanski, Polanski, whatever his name is. Polanski. Is it Polanski? Yeah. Obviously, at him. I was thinking of him because Once Upon a Time. Or now, was that what it was called? Once Upon a Time? The Tarantino film. Once Upon a Time in. Oh, son of a bitch. Hollywood? Yeah. Yeah, in Hollywood. He was in it. Well, in it. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if, like, now that you're seeing, like, the Netflixification where it's, you know, now you have these streaming studios kind of almost like. I don't say it's in a negative way, almost like mercenary style of just bringing in like random directors, almost it seems for their films. Are you going to have that type of, you know, a Jerry Bruckheimer type of studio or even Steven Spielberg or those guys where they become such a, you know, power player in the production of movies. To be totally honest with you, it's too expensive. So no. Mm, That's a good point. I think, I think that, you know, I mean, um, you know, like, um, Spielberg, Brock, Brockheimer, and and those guys. Unfortunately, um, the director is going to be hired by the studio. It's not going to be their studio. And also, if directors are smart, uh, they will not they will not ever sign exclusivity uh, contracts to a specific studio. Well, I think in today's age, it doesn't make sense to. Exactly. Well, especially because like there's a news article today of like HBO Max dropping more content, and it's like it's because of Warner I, Brothers. Well, I feel like I don't know like what's on streaming services anymore. If that makes sense, like you know when we were growing up, you knew what was on ABC and CBS and NBC and et cetera, et cetera. Yep. And now for these different shows, it's like a revolving door of the content. Knowing that, then you get like. Now you have Paramount Plus and you have these different studio like streaming services. I'm Peacock like Peacock TV, Apple uh, TV. Yeah, I don't know like what's on a streaming service now. Um it's just it's a very 
different ecosystem. How about this? Um, How about this? I come down to it's. I never put it as it's a bad or good thing. It's just different. Mm -hmm. How about this craziest though? If you were to actually, if you live, uh, I think that we've said this many times, but Ultra Confusion is based in Atlanta, Georgia. That's why we talk a lot about Dragon Con, about Momocon, and other conventions that come to Atlanta. Um, But the speaking of streaming services and show selection, Mm -hmm. there are companies out there um cable stations whatever that have basically dicked over the local market and the main one who continues to change names for some reason is bally sports and bally sports right now there's a there's a 25 percent chance <laughs> that you can actually watch local atlanta sports in atlanta because bally sports is only on like two of the plethora of services you need to get some rabbit ears, man. Maybe that'll help you out. I don't know. You know, that'd be very interesting because here, here's the thing. Like, um, going to be totally um, honest. I'm not a huge baseball fan. However, I do find it funny that the Atlanta Braves, who won the World Series last year, just last year, th- there's a very good chance that as a person in Atlanta, even if I wanted to watch it, I couldn't unless it was nationally televised because the local station isn't, uh, Hulu doesn't carry it, nor does YouTube TV, um, nor does whatever, uh, Sling TV and insert other streaming service. Well, it's funny because you think back to when we were growing up, yep. it was on every single day around 7.05 when we were growing up. 7.05 or 7.35, TBS. TBS with the good old Braves. But right before that, you usually have back-to-back See You by the Bell episodes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was the, I mean, I remember getting home and I had to tune on for the, you know, hour of Say by the Bell because you knew exactly when it was coming on. Mm-hmm. It's just I mean, we we talked about this last week about, you know, this the the a la carte thing, but it's getting it's it's unfortunate that now you literally have to do a shit ton of research. Uh, and even that research could be, could be invalid between when you looked at it and like a week later when you actually purchased the service, i.e. if you were, uh, you know, uh, a month ago, HBO max and all of their offerings, uh, if you were to compare that from a month ago to today where they've dropped 36, um, I think 20, 24 shows and 12 movies uh, from Warner Brothers. And of course, Warner Brothers is just going a freaking crazy. I don't know what the hell is going on. They're, they're canceling show. Of course, you know, they're pulling it off their, the HBO services, but they're also canning movies that are almost hundred percent done. So, and yet the, the, I think it's like one of the main hunters like, you know what we really need to do? We just need to bring back the, the Snyder verse. I'm like, dude, Stop canceling shit first. Well, and I'm so confused because of my YouTube TV now. Mm-hmm. I have like a random panel for like free movies from HBO. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> like, do I now mysteriously have like, because sometimes you get like free trials to like mm-hmm. different like services. Mm-hmm. But like, I can't figure out, mainly because the interfaces are so trash. Yes. Um, as far as like, why do I have these now? Would kind of be useful to know. 
Yes, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Mm. But yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I don't even know. And to be, and the, 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 of course, right now we're also, everything is, prices are going up on everything. And so you have a lot of, uh, on the fence shows on all the different services that are getting the boot. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's one of the reasons, you know, think about back in the day that they love the procedurals like NCISs and all those. Law and order. They're not that expensive to make. You have a couple of sets and, you know, a lot of outdoor, a lot of outdoor sets. Um, not that expensive to make once you have it. Well, like law and order is like, it's, it's a law office. It's a courtroom. Maybe it's a, a, a visiting, um, it, it could be an interrogation room or something. I say, yeah, you got, you got to have the holding cell. You gotta yeah. You got to have the holding cell and then, uh, random, uh, like ransacked apartment in Brooklyn. <laughs> a generic apartment. Yeah. Yes. Which it's the same apartment. We just rearranged the furniture and, and, uh, took away the temporary wall. I'd be actually interested to see, could you connect like, the law and order in like NCIS and CSI worlds by looking at the randomly ransacked apartments and figuring out they're all like actually from like the same hallway, probably. <laughs> they're just one floor separated. Most likely, yes. It's like the epicenter of crime in cinematic history. Speaking of epicenter of crime, uh, there was an unfortunate joke that came out about Atlanta, and I unfortunately have to agree with that, and that is that Atlanta now has... Los Angeles traffic, Chicago crime, and New York uh, real estate uh, prices. And yet, according to The Economist, we're the best city to live in in America. No, we're not. It's somewhere in uh, Iowa. No, it was like a different one. Like, there's, oh. you know, they have like different metrics for things. And the, somehow, the, like the super place, the super best place to live is like in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess in a way, yeah, The Economist publication names Atlanta the most livable city in the United States. Okay, most livable. It's not, does that mean the best? Asterisk, if you have a car. Yes. Asterisk, if you don't mind getting absolutely lost and frustrated with public transportation. Asterisk, you can figure out which Peachtree Street you're on. Asterix, if you come to grips with the fact that you will never actually see all of Atlanta in your lifetime. <laughs> but hey, have you driven around the entire loop in one day? I have. Yes, I have as well, because I went the wrong way. I did not go the wrong way. Mine was because of a trip to the airport. I was coming from the airport and need to get to 85, and I went the wrong way, so I went around the outside of the city and came back around. Wow, you took the very scenic route in that case. Yes, exactly. I took the wrong way. <laughs> and now, of course, if you if you move to Atlanta or just try to drive through Atlanta, they've decided to do all the wackadoodle crazy shit they've always wanted to with the highways. And so I apologize for anyone who visits the, the wonderful area around 285, 400 area. You will get lost. I hope that your navigate. I I I pray that you just decide to let your navigation do uh, surface streets because 
you're not going to be able to do your navigation on the highway. Because it keeps on changing like weekly and yeah. the navigation system's like, Whoop. it's like, ah, well, the other thing is the, the because they're all, all these little offshoots are so close together. It keeps freaking out going, are you, are you going straight? Are you going off? Are you going off and then going to the right? Are you going off and going to the left and then veering to the right? Well, my favorite is when it tells you to take the offshoot thinking that it's actually like a shortcut to get back onto the highway. And they, and it turns out that construction has shut off that. Oh, it's happened to me before. Oh, I know. It happened to me too. I was like, oh, I guess there's a closure ahead or something. Nope, I hit the damn closure. Yep. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I do want to pause real quick to do, um, uh, to give a shout out to the amazing people that help Alter Confusion survive and to continue to thrive. So uh, this is a shout out to all the friends of the show. So without further ado, let us start with... The Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For more information, go to IndieCluster.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-C-L-U-S-T-E-R dot com. The next shout out we have to do is to the very, very super duper busy gentleman uh, called Noodle Boy. Uh, founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran, Noodle Boy Media, previously Wet Kid 47 Media, is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out facebook.com slash noodleboymedia. Now, I know that I did give some sad news about the, this next one over the fact that he will not be at DragonCon. Um, but he's still an awesome guy to know, and he can work magic when it comes to alignment of the body. And that, of course, is Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has an incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to HeroChiropractic.com. The next friend of the show that we have to give a shout out to is the the maestro himself that helped create the intro and outro for Alter Confusion, Crosspad Creative. Need a new logo or want to work on a full branding and content strategy? Or maybe you need music or audio for your content, just like Alter Confusion. Crosspad Creative offers a whole host of solutions for individuals and small businesses. Just email Josh at crosspadcreative at gmail.com and see what he can do for you. And the final shout out has to go to the amazing uh, gentleman who has not not only helped us via Patreon, uh, 
Uh, but he's also helped us at conventions. Um, he basically came out, uh, came out of nowhere and helped me run, uh, the ultra confusion fan booth, uh, at one of the, uh, South Carolina conventions or was it North Carolina? It was one of the Carolina conventions. Guy's amazing. Let me tell you about agile axiom. By day, Axe leads both a development team and system administration team working with satellites at NASA's Goddard campus. But while not in, in meetings, and many times during, he is the Agile Evangelist Agile Axe, championing the philosophy of Agile and trying to make the world a better place for software developers, testers, system admins, and software projects the world over. Decades of experience in software development and leading Agile teams are brought to bear against evil processes, ineffective work, and bad habits. For, me, for more information, go to agileaxiom.com. That's A-G-I-L-E-A-X-I-O-M.com. And I do want to point out that he has actually written a book, and I meant to bring it down, but I did not. So I have, have to... The, have you read the book about Agile? No, I... I um. I've unfortunately been uh, sidetracked by some, some other work, but uh, it is something that my work is pushing. So I will be enjoying uh, Axe's book uh, on Agile. Oh, have fun with that. Yes. Anyways, uh, ladies and gentlemen, of course, since we did the Friends of the Show, we also want to give a shout out for uh, certain parts of Ultra Confusion. The first one that is most important and closest and dearest to our heart is the fact that for the 11th year straight, Ultra Confusion is proud to say that we are fundraising for Extra Life. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best, game, to help sick and injured children at their chil chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money that we raise through Extra Life will go directly to Children's Healthcare Atlanta as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. So if you have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org and search for Ultra Confusion today. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there who are wondering, okay, you did the Friends of the Show. How can I be a part of it? Well, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you about the fact that Ultra Confusion survives on love and support of fans like you. And so we have a Patreon page. Patreon lets you, the fans, lovers, haters, demigods, interdimensional beings, gods, demons, alien supporters, and more to become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work. We currently have two, count them, huh, two tiers that you can subscribe to. The first tier is $1 a month or $12 a year. And what that will give you access to is the Patreon-only uh, posts and polls to help the future of Ultra Confusion, as well as early access to all the playthroughs uh, that we post. Now, if you want to pump it up to the next level, it is a $5 a month or $60 a year tier. Not only do you get everything at the $1 tier, but you also have your name or organization added to our friends of the show for every Thursday night hangout. So if you want to be a part of this party, go to Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Altered Confusion. Oh my god.
One second. Alexa, oh, just... hang up. Alexa, volume zero. <laughs> I think it's happened to all of us. I've definitely had like in the middle of the workday, I'll be talking to somebody. Also, my Google is like, sorry, I did not get that. If you would like that, please try this different command. I'm like, like no. I was not talking to you, Google. Exactly. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Um, ooh, excuse me. Now, let's get back to the news, shall we? Wait, there's more? There's more, damn it. There's more, hooray. All right, let's talk about the heavy-hitting story that, that did come out uh, that I find absolute bullshit. I, no, it's not that it's absolute bullshit. Like, it's fabricated. It's not fabricated. It's that it's just... This is bullshit. Um, there is a game called A Space for the Unbound. It is on the PC. It, you can get on Steam, and it's coming out onto consoles. Um, in the near future, well, actually, no one knows when it's coming out now because it's been delayed indefinitely. Um, a Space for the Unbound is a slice-of-life adventure game uh, with beautiful pixel art set in the late 90s rural Indonesia that tells a story about overcoming anxiety, depression, and the relationship between a boy and a girl with supernatural powers. Now, sounds like a cool game. So what the hell is going on? Why why, are, why is the console ports being um, uh, basically delayed indefinitely? Well, it turns out that the companies that worked on the title, uh, I believe it's Toge uh, Productions and Majikin Studio, have alleged that the publisher, P-Cube Games, exploited the studio for financial gain. Mm. Now, I'm going to read you a direct uh, quote from uh, a joint statement from the two uh, companies uh, to give you a better picture of what what. Uh, what's happening or what they're claiming is happening. Earlier this year, we discovered that P-Cube Games, a UK-based publisher that we signed for the console publishing of A Space for the Unbound in Western regions, has done certain things which have left us mean, sorry, left us feeling manipulated and exploited. And so we have had to terminate our agreement with them, which is why it's being delayed indefinitely. At the height of COVID-19 pandemic in August 2020, P-Cube Games used our position and heritage as developers from Indonesia to obtain a diversity fund from a well-known console platform. The diversity fund was a grant fund intended to help underrepresented game developers, especially during the pandemic. However, instead of giving those funds to developers as the grant was intended, P-Cube Games intentionally withheld information about the grant and used it to leverage for their own commercial gain. So basically, they put in all this. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll help you put it on this, this console. And then they reached out to the console owners going, hey, we've got a, um, a very small studio uh, from Indonesia. I know it falls under this uh, diversity initiative that you're doing. Uh, and it checked all the boxes. And so this console platform uh, paid out. And then from my understanding, P-Cube Games kept all of that money and uh, didn't tell the developers that they had qualified successfully for this fund. And then I guess 
just paid them the original contract. Hmm. And of course, P-Cube has already come out and said that they, they're denying the allegations. And and of course, they're, they're going to try to put, this is what, unfortunately, this is what some publishers do is they, they put, they try, they attempted to throw the developers under the bus, basically saying uh, that it had fulfilled its role as the publisher despite a history of delays and difficulties and an attempt by one of the companies to unilaterally enforce unreasonable revised terms to our agreement. Which, of course, I'm assuming is why it was terminated. Because they're like, look, you're getting money from this initiative because we're a minority group and we're a small studio and you're not you not giving us any of that money. Yeah, so I was looking at the developer, P Cube. Mm-hmm. And you mean publisher. Or publisher, sorry, yes. Yeah. It seems like this is something I almost expect of like a random publisher who hadn't put anything out that makes sense to make yeah. a quick buck, but they put quite a few games out actually. Yes, yes, so they it's have. It's not like it's not an established publisher. Which is why these guys went with them because of their you know, their prior history. That makes sense, yeah. But I, I'm gonna not not gonna lie, it's kind of sneaky. I mean, you know, trying to if if they have the you know get that that contract signed and maybe in the back and maybe already knowing that they could uh, eke out a little extra money that they could just bank as a result yeah. of that contract. I'd be curious because there's usually two sides of it. Yep. Of what P Cube's angle on it. Like, I'm assuming at some point they'll make a statement of what they perceive as being what actually happened. Right. Right. But that is, I mean, it is an interesting situation in video games in general where, as a developer, like, you have to go through a third party to publish your games. Like, like ideal, like so, ideal basically daily with like non-video game software titles. Yep. None of them have publishers; like they're all developers, and they just develop their plot. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter. You're anyone from Microsoft, you know, the behemoth, to any of the small little developers I deal with, and they just develop and publish their own software, and people buy it and whatever put it on the App Store or whatever it is. Like they're publishing what they develop, mm-hmm. but somehow video games have created like this middleman ecosystem where I develop a game, but in order to get out there, it's like the one sector that has to go through the middleman in order to get their product out there. Um, this is kind of, and I, I know it has its heyday because of, you know, consoles, where you know you had to go through Nintendo and Sony and blah 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 because you just couldn't develop a Nintendo cartridge in your basement. I mean, you could, but you know what I mean. You couldn't just get it out there. Right. Um, there, there's so a lot more manufacturing. Just, yeah. Where, but it's like that's like a holdover where you still kind of need that publisher, even though you shouldn't. Like, well, the the thing is, the the other thing is when you if this is something that if you uh, ladies and gentlemen, if, if you are if you are an independent developer and, and you're trying to get your and, and your the thing is publishers give you extra money okay so especially if it's a port they can help fund the uh the the development time 
require to successfully port that game over to the system because there's going to be slight changes in the code and architecture. The other thing is, if it's a very well-known publisher, that that title is going to get a little bit more of a higher indexing on whatever the the digital store is. Uh, another thing is that they that publisher, uh, even though we are we're not talking about brick and mortar stores. There's still a lot of, uh, advertising, um, uh, and marketing that goes into trying to get people's attention for this game. So we're talking about banners on all these websites, the publisher, hopefully if you, right, if you, if, if, uh, when you sign a contract, you make sure that they're doing the marketing and you're not on that. Cause then what the hell are they for? If they're not helping you with marketing, um, but you know, I mean, I guess the thing I hate about it, it's like, it creates a, to me, mm -hmm. maybe my own little naive world, yep. it creates like an unnecessary layer of bureaucracy and basically non-value added if everybody were in the same playing field. And it's like, it's basically a bunch of bureaucratic level C manager nonsense is how I look at it. True. But at the end of the day, it's about the 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 dollar sign and unfortunately as much as well, I the problem is it just co it literally costs it the developer money to have a publisher like i like that i mean the publisher it, has to it, make it, money it causes the developer to lose some of its freedom that too yes because that's the that's the other deep dark secret about a publisher is uh if you're a developer and you've got this game um uh, publish it on something that doesn't require a publisher, and then get a publisher if you want to mark if you want to port it, because if you don't release your game and you sign with a publisher to help you know fund it or whatever, that publisher depending on the way that your contract is worded, could cause you to basically lose the integrity of your game, the storyline, a lot of the mechanics simply because, or they might try to crunch you to death because yeah. you signed a contract that said the game will be on this day. And mm -hmm. the, some publishers are absolute douchebags and will not give you wiggle room yeah. or they'll just ask for the advance back, which of course is always gone. If you're a small developer and you don't have any money, that's why you got the publisher in the first place. Huh. Not that I would have ever heard of anything like that. I mean, you know, Having, uh, when you finally finish developing your Christmas for Prime video turn-based RPG. Yes, my text-based uh, uh, die roller. Yes. So too much to ask. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I, I mean, hopefully something gets worked out. And, and uh, unfortunately, this might just be another cautionary tale for developers who ha who are uh, who follow, fall into a minority or a certain subset that um, could potentially qualify for these grants or whatever, you know, to actually do additional homework. Well, I mean, it's rough when money is intended for a good cause. Mm -hmm. That doesn't always happen. Like a good example is, you know, what happened during the pandemic and you had the, um, the loans that were supposed to go to small businesses. Yeah, go into like random places that don't need I forget it. What the, I figure what they're actually called, the loans now. But like, yeah, in good case, like there's a place in town here in Atlanta called um, 
Java Cats. And basically it was a, you know, it's a coffee shop and then a cat place where you go and you can play with cats and donate them. That was the very definition of a place that on its own had major financial difficulties due to the pandemic because people could not come in. And they had to close down their two um, locations here in Atlanta this year. And one of the, and the main reason was, is they did not get these pandemic loans. And it sucks as you think of like, I mean, I know of The places. PPP loans. Thank you. P I thought that's what it was, but yeah. I was like, that doesn't sound right, but it was right. Yeah. So the people, and like, I know of places that I won't name who got a PPP loan who are like, there's absolutely no reason they should have got a massive PPP loan. Yeah. Because they could have easily stayed afloat without it. And yet you have someplace like Java Cats where they could not, literally they had to close down because they did not get the PPP loan. And yep. that's just one example who, the, I mean, they post this on Twitter or Instagram, so it's not a secret. Mm -hmm. But you know, there's tons of businesses who are in the same boat, you know, small businesses, the ones we want to be supporting, who closed down and yet you have places who do not need it to actually continue to keep their doors open, get it. And that's where it kind of sucks. I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what comes of this, but that sucks. I mean, that's unfortunate. It's unfortunately what I got to say. Now, let's going from that sucks to that's quite bizarre. Ooh, I uh, love bizarres. Does the bizarre suck? Rockstar Games has made a very interesting move on their official Twitch page. Or Twitch channel, I should say. You know what I mean? Okay, I have to interrupt. What's that? You know, for as much as you lambast, was it Chrono? Is it Chrono Trigger that Chrono has Trigger. like a release? The game what? that's been on every single platform, including your toaster. I think you need to start saying that about Grand Theft Auto. Okay. I'm just saying. So, but the thing is, Grand Theft Auto, they're, they're, there's about to be a sixth Grand Theft Auto. There is a Chrono Trigger, okay? There's been iterations of Grand Theft Auto. There's been one Chrono Trigger. Anyways. So back to the story. All right. So uh, Rockstar Games has made a very interesting move on their Twitter channel. Now, of course, they had previously done this on their YouTube channel, but now they have officially done it on their Twitch channel. And that is that if you try to um, put the following terms into the chat, uh, the auto moderation will say that these uh, these terms conflict with the channel's moderation settings. And the terms are GTA 6 or GTA I, I'm sorry, GTA VI. They have banned what? the use of, of GTA 6 or GTA VI or 6 again from being used on their YouTube channel and their Twitch channel because they're sick and tired about talking about it. I mean, okay, actually, you know what? I can kind of see that. Like, if you're in a game and the chat is just nonstop, like memes and jokes and idioticies about GTA 6, and that's like literally, it's almost like a bad firm of Baron's chat, where if you don't know what Baron's chat is, basically it's where Chuck Norris jokes started from when I'm, Final Fantasy, not found from World of Warcraft back in the vanilla days, very sad and pathetic. Um, if it becomes really bad, where like chat is no longer enjoyable, I can actually understand that. 
The problem is, is you actually know people are going to do like. They're going to get creative. Or. Um... Like start doing stuff like that. Where they're going to like. Like almost like the Streisand effect. Where they're going to start typing in like random things that are really like. What about. And they're just going to start doing random things and probably actually flood the chat even worse than it was before. Well, I just come with like random variations of GTA 6. Based on what I'm guessing your chat was like, I can get behind the spirit of it, of like, yes, <laughs> of trying to like rein it in so chat's just not middle school hallway chat, basically. Yeah. But you're not going to win. <laughs> you're just not going to win. It actually likes so like Final Fantasy 14. Like, they have no global chat. And on one hand, it kind of like, man, you kind of miss it and that sense of community of, like, a global chat. But on the other hand, I get it. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. this is the kind of shit that happens. So it cuts both ways. Yes. It, I just find it interesting that, yeah, but hey, to each their own. It's their, it's, it's their game. If they would have banned the use of, it's not like they they like did a global ban. Like no one could can talk about GTA Six in anyone's chat. It's just their official chat thing. So it's not like you know if, if people are playing GTA Five, you know they're they're just streamers. People get you know shoot the shit about Six all the time. Just Rockstar just doesn't want to talk about it anymore. I can understand that. Okay, so I had a question. Uh, we had a question that came in um, today's Thursday. Sorry, lack of sleep is causing me to lose track of days. I believe it was Monday. Um, no, sorry, it was Tuesday night while I was streaming. And that, the question, which I said that I wasn't going to answer on the stream simply because it was a very interesting question to just ask on our show is, how do you cope with your favorite OP gaming uh, mechanic getting severely nerfed. <laughs> Rage quit. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Deal with it and move on. I don't know. Sign up. Figure out who's already created the petition to to uh, backtrack this bullshit. I mean, I guess my situation with that is most games where you're gonna have this, you know, the nerf bat. Mm -hmm. You're probably playing a DPS character in all likelihood, which I rarely play. I mean, I do play mobile social games, but I don't really play DPS style heroes. I usually play healers or tanks who usually aren't going to get the nerf bat as far as the DPS portion goes. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm a little bit disappointed. Like, I know in like Overwatch, they kept on actually nerfing Brigitte and Mercy, who I enjoy playing, and I haven't actually played Overwatch in quite some time now. So honestly, like if it's a character who like, I really enjoy that character, right? Like mm -hmm. they're my main and they nerf them probably more than anything, like from a, just like, oh, well, I could learn to play this other character or I could just play this other game that's been my backlog for like the last three years, like mm -hmm. every other game. I'm probably going to move on to one of the games in my backlog at that point. So that's kind of probably my angle. It's like if it's nerfed, especially if it's to the point where it's like not playable almost or just not as fun, because we play video games to have fun. Right. 
it's probably going to fit anything like driving away from the game. And to be fair, I know that's a balance that developers have to play because let's just say I'm playing, you know, bring when she was totally over, like when she came out or when she was totally overpowered, no doubt about it. It made it fun for Brigette players, but the problem was the opposite is also true. Where right. it's not fun for the rest of the players. So it's definitely a very fine balancing act of, you know, if you have that main of that character, you don't want to piss off those main players so that they quit the game. But you also got to be careful not to also piss off anybody who has to go up against that character so that they rage quit. To your point. Right. So I definitely think there's a balancing act there from a developer perspective. Um, especially because most of the games really over the or the other the other than Overwatch have both PvP and PvE, which makes it even harder to balance. Yeah. Um, which is to be fair, like like Guild Wars 2 has skill sets for both PvP and PvE is to mitigate that exact issue. Um, but still it's it's not easy to do. Yeah, I to be honest with you, I think that for me, um, my my I guess my quickest example would have been when I was like heavy duty in a smite, and it wasn't technically the character that changed; it was like the way that my build, like one of the items, either just got completely nerfed or something, and so it mm. completely changed the the I guess the uh the the speed and the uh damage that I could do with certain attacks and uh I it's that's not the reason why I quit smite I quit smite because there's too many jackholes out there who can't understand the difference between casual and ranked if you're playing a casual game sorry but there's a very good chance you might have someone on your team that it that they don't really know the character that they're playing or perhaps they just are having an off night uh because you know uh. i'll say it's probably not gonna be the nerf alone that would cause me to leave again yeah. it's probably the accumulation where it might be like you know to your point it's the other asshats who've been annoying me for a while but i've still been holding on well, all of a sudden they nerfed my character, and I'm like, well, now it's kind of the last draw. So I don't think it's on its own, but I definitely think you add up things. And kind of going back to Overwatch, I think that's where people were like, it wasn't necessarily like one thing or another. A lot of people leaving the game because it was an accumulation of a lot of, you know, either they think other characters should be nerfed or their character, whatever the case is. I think in most cases, it's a lot of factors. And that may be one of the big factors. It's very possible. But you have the other, you know, in a large part, especially MOBAs, or the social asshats, and griefing in general is definitely an issue. Right. Well, I think the other, and this is just my opinion, uh, I think that one of the biggest differences for me, and this is the uh, looking from the outside in, because uh, I've never actually played Overwatch. Uh, I've just seen the fact that there's just not a whole lot of shit that goes on with over except for you know they yes they they retool and rebalance the players but it's not like you're getting new characters every uh month or something like every other fucking game so when yeah. you know when like smite when my build gets nerfed there's a chance that there might be a new character that as a result of me not being able to do k 
Keranos as well as I used to, then I might check out and see if I could figure out a build that works for that one. That's uh, true. You know, with, with Overwatch, from my, I mean, it just, once again, from the outside looking in, it just looked like you know, there really wasn't an addition. There was no, like, distraction. If, if shit got nerfed, there wasn't like, oh, well, well, since that's not working, let me check this out. Because the, the stable or roster of characters basically been the same thing forever. Well, I got Overwatch 2 to change it up again, sir. Yeah, if it ever happens. We'll see. You keep saying that. It's going to happen. That in Diablo 4. StarCraft Ghost. Microtransactions to the fourth power. The Phantom Gaming System. Hey, the Necromancer. It's coming back to Diablo 4. Don't worry. Anyways, uh, you know, I. so I think, you know, long story short, if there's enough content uh, to for me to kind of dabble with, as you know, then I'll probably stick with it unless the, the community really starts pissing me off. Uh, no, and, I definitely, it definitely, I think can help. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Zelius, I got another question for you. Do I have to have another answer? What is one of the craziest fanboy situations you've seen? And I'll give an example of one that I saw. I, ironically, I was asked this question, and then I saw one. I was like, "Really?" Uh, apparently, there are Halo and uh, Infinite players who are at each other's throats, arguing over weapons that are going to be the best, and these weapons aren't even in the game yet. So, like, oh yeah, this, this game, this this weapon is a game changer. How do you know that? Seriously. I think in general, honestly, a lot of Reddit threads. Yeah. So I think like there was one. Okay. So Guild Wars 2 was just released on Steam. Mm-hmm. And honor, it's also the 10 year anniversary of when yep. it was actually released, yep. the game in general. Mm-hmm. And so ArenaNet also, they put out a gem package. It was like $25 basically in gems for like all these items. Mm-hmm. And one of them were the unbreakable um, mining gear, um, unbreakable crafting gear, gathering. Mm-hmm. So normally in Guild Wars, like basically you have a pickaxe, a logging axe, and then a herb scythe, basically. Mm-hmm. And you gather your items with those. And each item you get basically takes one of them away. So you kind of have to replenish it's your stuff. It's got durability. Have, yeah, it's durability, yes. Yeah. Um and these are unbreakable, so there's no durability. So you have one set, basically, for your character, you're done, right? And people on the Reddit, you know, um, posts were complaining. Well, well, it's not really that good because it doesn't have these other glyphs. And somebody made a point. We're like, dude, if it had those glyphs, you'd be complaining that it wasn't $20. Or if it was $20, you'd be complaining it wasn't free. It wasn't just giving away mm-hmm. in honor of the 10th year anniversary. Basically, people will find a reason to bitch about their favorite game no matter what. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty much right, actually. Um, and I, I know for myself, like when I was looking in, like when I still play Final mm-hmm. Fantasy 14, when I was looking at my guild, that was a very important thing to me was have one where basically no 
bullshit or drama or negative things or anything are allowed. Because, like, there's enough of it already, basically, any internet post that you find, people are going to find a reason to complain about it and put it down. And I'm like, when I'm in my game, I just want happy thoughts. Yeah, I just, um, I want I want to be immersed in the environment, not, I don't yeah, want to not, bathe in radio toxic waste. Yeah, so I think, like, especially starting the forums, you'll find a, re- like, I feel like any Video game, if you read the forums enough, you'd find a reason to think it's the worst game ever. Yeah. Because there's always going to be haters. There's always, or like my favorite one of the reviews of like, I played 4,000 hours game, 4,000 hours in this game. It sucks. Like, then why'd you play 4,000 hours? <laughs> like, couldn't I you really figure out that it sucked in the first like four hours? You think? No, I think, so I think one of, yeah, one I think of, that's for me is that's where it gets kind of crazy. I think, you know, and and I say this slightly in jest, um, I think one of the crazier fanboy situations that happens all the time is when you have um, the the who would win fight. And some people, like, they get up all in their feelings about, well, my favorite character could never lose to this character from this series because of... And and I'm just like, I, I understand. Look, I there there are certain games out there that I love. There are certain characters out there that I love, be it in video games, be it in comics, movies, whatever. But I also understand that not everyone's going to see things my way. And I have, in my many years, I have finally learned that's just not worth it. If someone sees something differently about, you know, my favorite character versus theirs, then sure, they 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 see shit differently than I do. I'm I'm just gonna let it go. I'm, I, I may I may different. prove them wrong in the long run, but I'm not gonna like try to go at their throats. I only differ on the single worst movie ever made: Batman versus Superman. That was the worst movie ever made. For me, it's only the worst movie ever made because the sheer premise of it that Batman would have any chance in hell against Superman. Kryptonite bullets? I've seen the movie and it's still complete and total bullshit. All right, here, here's here's another but fun... Just the sheer premise of it with anything you ever know about Superman is you could kill any human with like a thought, basically, and they'd be dead. Like Just a glance. Know? Or breath. Like, it literally pisses me off still thinking about that movie today. I, I just hate it. Like, I everything about I it. I'm just like, no. I know. How it's about, like, everybody has their things. That's mine. Touche. How about this gem that I'm sure is on like a million Reddit threads and forums everywhere? Tolkien versus Dungeons & Dragons. What truly created the RPG genre? Well, the answer is easy for me. Well, it depends on what what is your definition of create. Exactly. And that's, that's okay. where shit goes crazy. Well, you know, a token, they create all these different races and Dungeons and Dragons stole it. So therefore, D- Tolkien created RPGs. I would say on its, on its base level, I would definitely say Lord of the Rings. Because without Lord of the Rings, you wouldn't have anything else basically in the fantasy series. That's kind of, that's kind of where I come from. 
But toots their own. Then, of course, uh, my uh, the the last um, the last type of uh, crazy fanboy, or just crazy, someone's got a, way too much time on their hands, is those uh, psycho analyses and analyses of actions that you took in the game and what that means uh, about you as a person. Well, according to every Bioware game ever made, I'm Hitler. <laughs> it's like like one of the I think I think this is just starting maybe to make the rounds again, but is really? what your romantic choices in Mass Effect say oh, about wow. you as a person? You know what it says? It says it's a video game. It's not real. Yes, it's 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 a fantasy world where maybe you, this is the 17th playthrough you've done, and you chose you choose your answers differently every single time to see what would happen. Yes. Or uh, this one, I mean, this is, I don't remember when Call of Duty, the, the first Call of Duty Modern Warfare came out, but there was a huge uh, con- convert, oh my gosh. Controversial. Confer- controversial, con- oh my Lord. Controversial. There you go. Uh, uh, scene, or I guess first act in there when you're actually playing the story mode. And it was, uh, you had to go undercover as a, um, a terrorist and you had to execute, um, individuals in an airport and they got such backlash that they, that they give you the option to skip that part. But, you know, of course, gamers being gamers or people who have, you know, too much free time, uh, you know, what it says about you as a person if you decide not to skip that part and actually executed the the innocent civilians. It's fantasy. So, yeah. I mean, it's to each their own. Basically, if you don't want to play it and enjoy it, and guess what? If you don't like those scenes, then guess what? You don't have to play it. <laughs> it's really not that complicated. I know. I did the. That's what's that's that's the my, most mind-boggling thing. People who just can't stand a movie or a TV show or a comic or a video game, they just don't play it. You got a problem with the game and just general, like the 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 general concept of you of it makes you your skin crawl. You don't have to play it. Hey, I I do not like country music. So guess what? I don't listen to country music. Well, that's because you're smart. <laughs> you don't you don't like uh, text story heavy games, then you don't play text story heavy games. Well, you know, because some of us just can't read. Some of us just want to go stabby 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 caspel caspel, maybe heal, and then sell all the shit that I got off of of creatures corpses okay i mean the only reason i would heal is so i can stay alive exactly exactly that's what i'm saying i um i know we're basically reaching the end but i i keep forgetting to bring this up and i want to do this real quick actually there's two things i want to bring up before i forget again um in the month of October, I believe it's October 20th that is a Thursday Alter Confusion will not have a Thursday hangout there then because I will be uh, 
at a screening of Clerks 3 in downtown Atlanta. You're already fighting on this. No, no, I already bought the tickets. Nice. You had to. I mean, holy crap, that shit sold out like I I look like the 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 information dropped about the spot in Atlanta. I waited 24 hours, literally just under 24 hours, and within that time, 15 rows had filled up in front from where it was. So I was like, "Oh shit. Bye, bye, bye." So I got that. And also, ladies and gentlemen, I am happy. I am ecstatic to announce that for the first time since basically the almost the founding of Ultra Confusion, Ultra Confusion is getting a, an equipment upgrade when it comes to conventions. Woo! We Ultra Confusion will now have a brand new uh, professional camcorder for Ooh. the interviews uh, at conventions going forward. Nice. Um, I have it right here next to me. It is. I can't see it. Where know, is it? Where Zilius, is it? I'll show it to you after the show. It is a Canon uh, XA40. Um, not only is it HD, it has um, a, a, an, a, you can save it in a format that doesn't require an additional step like Ooh. our camcorder we've been using forever. Uh, nice. And it also has a preamp built into it. So nice. we don't have to have my Jimmy rigged preamp. Nice. Uh, I bought, I just purchased um, new lines for the the mics. Uh, instead of the six feet that we have, they will be uh, 20 footers. So that Sweet. we're not pulling the entire stand around uh, when people get a little bit animated with the mics. Nice. So happy day. Those sounds like some epic wins, sir. Indeed, indeed. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I believe we've unfortunately reached the end of our show. No! Yes, I'm sorry. But ladies and gentlemen, I do want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zelius, it's been a pleasure giving everything our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother. Thank you.